Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 56. Now I have got an absolute spring in my step today because you won't know this, right? But the last 55 episodes that I've recorded, I have done so sitting on the floor. Because for the last year, I have been putting up with an old office chair that kept sinking. It was really bad this time last year, and then it went for like six months without doing it. And recently it started doing it again. So I decided in the recent Prime Day sale on Amazon to splash out and get myself a new chair. And listen, listen to this. It also squeaked and creaked, by the way, I didn't say that. It it used to sink all the time and I'd have to press the button and lift it up, but it also creaked and squeaked and made all kinds of noises. This one? Can't hear a thing, can you? Neither can I. So, I am sitting at my desk actually recording a podcast, which is the best thing ever. Right, what we're going to talk about today. This will be a brief one. Do you know what one of the biggest challenges is, right? The, The ability to be able to spot things on social media, right? So, like, I being me, doing what I do, seeing what I've seen and all the rest of it, I can go on social media and I can spot disordered eating immediately. Disordered approaches to eating, disordered language, uh, and whatever else. Recently, a personal trainer who, like most personal trainers, has in their bio, I will help you lose fat, well, without cutting out the foods you love, like, and all this stuff, right? And going really heavy on the food stuff and the diet stuff and the weight stuff. Now, I'm just going to preface this by saying, hashtag not all PTs. I know plenty of PTs who were on my nutrition course with me who are not just personal trainers, exercise specialists. They are also nutritionists, making them nutrition specialists. So you may or may not know that the vast majority of PTs should not be talking to you about your diet, about your weight, or about food. When they do their PT PT course, they are taught how to teach you how to lift heavy things safely and effectively so you can build a big, strong body. And they come at varying levels. So there will be some PT qualifications where they go on and do an extra bit around nutrition. Maybe they'll do like, I don't know, weight management diploma or basics in nutrition or basics introductory to diet, right? It's not, it's not, in-depth as such. They know the basics, they understand calories in, calories out, they understand what macros are, they know how to set a protein goal, but beyond that, everything else they're giving you is based on their experience, what they think they know, what they've heard, what they've been told, what what they've heard from other people on the gym floor. Um, And it ends up there's no continuity, right? There's no consistency between them. One PT will tell you one thing, another PT will tell you another. And then people get very confused because how can I have two people with the same personal training qualification? This one's telling me sugar's bad. This one's telling me bread's bad. This one telling me dairy's bad. The other one's telling me to go get a stupid food intolerance test, etc. Right? So let me tell you a very specific story about someone who just started following me on social media. Who shall remain nameless? I can't remember the name anymore. But this, this personal trainer followed me um, and she had all this stuff in her bio. I'll help you do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. 
decent size following, decent interaction. People are obviously following her and listening to her and, you know, all our clients are on there and stuff. So she posted, she put up this post and it was, it was, I think it started off a story and then she turned it into a post. And it ended up this big long thing about how, so she appeared to be a single parent to, uh, I would say a baby, an infant. And she started this story off saying, so this morning I've been very hungry, but I've been prepping babies, whatever her name was, I don't remember. I've been prepping babies food. While I was doing that, I ended up munching all her leftovers. I had the rest of her omelette, I had the rest of this, and I dipped, she doesn't eat crusts, so I dipped the crusts of her sandwich into some butter and I ate them. And then I went on to say, so what I've done is I've adjusted my breakfast to, and this is the red flag word, to allow for this. And I've removed the butter from my whatever. I've went down. What was it again? I can't remember what she was having, but she ended up. She had. She removed the butter. She removed tomato sauce, and she cut some. She only had half a portion of something. And this was to allow her to still maintain a realistic level of calories after her unhelpful eating behavior. Now that might sound perfectly normal. To you, you might think, oh yeah, that makes sense. She's she's went and dipped her bread, her kids' leftovers in butter and ate them. Obviously, she's going to have to make an adjustment elsewhere. And if that does sound normal to you, then perhaps you have, you may also have some disordered views around eating because this is not good. This is not make sense. This is not a great thing to do. Let's break this down to its base level. In fact, let me tell you something that I've just... I've just replied to someone inside our coaching group who someone's asked a question looking for support about snacking when tired and how it snowballed and it turned into like a mountain of calories. And then someone else has replied and says, yeah, I do this. I find the way to help with this is is to have lots of low calorie snacks lying around. So when you break that down to its base level, right? So we analyze that and take it apart what's what's the problem the problem is that someone is overeating on snacks and once they start they have the next thing the next thing and the next thing right that's a problem that's an unhelpful eating behavior an unhelpful overeating behavior so we take that and we put that to the side right that's a standalone thing this person's response to that was well i make sure when i uh, she said something like when i have the urge i make sure i've got lots of low calorie snacks like fiber one bars skinny crunch and refrigerators chicken now the way i look at that is that person is not trying to resolve that behavior or change it or improve it they're trying to facilitate it and reduce the negative impact. So instead of it being a Mars bar, a Snickers, uh, two chocolate digestives, and a handful of Haribos, and it's like a thousand calories or whatever. Instead, it's two fiber ones, two skinny crunch, and a packet of refrigerators, and it's 500 calories. So like nothing, nothing's changed. The only thing out of that that's changed is the maths equation. We still have someone who has a disordered eating behavior 
where they have one snack and then it snowballs and leads to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So that's a stand that's a standalone behavior that needs to resolve if it needs to be resolved. If you just, you know, if you go out and buy a bunch of low calorie snacks, all you're doing is trying to still allow yourself to perform this behavior, but you're just trying to re- you're playing the numbers game. Yeah, I'm still gonna ha- I'm still gonna eat the five things in a row, but now they're only eighty calories each. So or whatever. So you're not resolving anything, and it's the same with this personal trainer, where their solution. If you if you if you were to scale this up, where someone is having to reduce the number of calories they're eating later because they ate too many calories earlier on, it is a if we scale that up, you would call that binge and restrict. Now, binge and restrict does not just mean massive overeating and then massive undereating. That could be one version of it. This, we call this compensatory behaviors, right? And this is a disordered eating behavior. So compensatory behaviors could be anything like, um, let's say you're going out for a meal tonight, so you're going to go to the gym today to allow yourself to be able to eat more tonight. That's a compensatory behavior. Equally in the opposite direction, you had a lot to eat yesterday, so you're going to go out for an hour's walk today just to add another 5,000 steps on and burn some calories. Anything that you do in an order, in order to undo your eating or to offset your eating is a compensatory behavior. You know, this is when food and drink has got nothing to do with needs or anything, you are basically, I am going to do this because I want to go and eat loads, or I am going to do this because I have just eaten too much and I need to try and undo some of that. So this personal trainer has a disordered compensatory behaviour where she snacks on her kids' leftovers because she's, she's prepped her baby's food before she's eaten herself, she's done it while she was quite hungry, and she's ended up eating this, 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 and then she's dipped this stuff in butter and eaten that as well. And she's not really made a dent in her tummy in terms of volume because it was high, higher calorie things that, while not massive amounts, they all added up pretty quickly to whatever, a few hundred calories. She's aware of that, she understands that calories are a thing, that she's just done this, it's unhelpful. Instead of and as a coach, they should probably know a bit better. Instead of identifying the behavior and working through it, picking it apart, trying to understand why it happened and coming up with a better way to approach that next time. So for example, right, if that was me, my advice to someone would be, look, if you know that you are the type of person who's unable to prep food for other people while you have a high level of hunger, then we need to resolve that earlier on, right? How can we resolve that earlier on so that you're not placing yourself in that position? Because it's not about trying to force yourself not to eat. If you put someone who is hungry in a room full of food, they're going to start eating. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do, if you're a nutritionist or you're a personal trainer. It doesn't matter if you're a coach or just a member of the public. If you are hungry and you have a high level of hunger and you are in the kitchen making a sandwich or prepping stuff for other people, what do, you, what do you think you're going to do? You're going to pick at things. You're going to eat a bit of that and eat a bit of this. And if you're going to cut crusts off someone's sandwich, of course you're going to eat them. Or, in this person's case, dip them in butter. 
Um, so rather than work through the unhelpful behavior, not only have they performed a compensatory behavior, and this is where it starts to get really bad, not, not only have they performed this compensatory behavior, they have went onto their stories, to their followers, to the members of the public who follow her, who are looking to her as an authority, to who are looking to her for guidance and support. She's went onto her stories and said, look, here is this disordered thing that I am doing. Here is this disordered solution that I came up with. And because you look to me as a person who's into fitness, who's into health, who should know about these things, you're going to think that's all right too. So the next time you dip your kid's crusts and butter and eat them, you'll go and reduce the size of your breakfast or you'll skip your breakfast or you'll skip your lunch or you'll go and do extra exercise to make up for it. And this is when things start to get really murky on social media, when people don't realise that what they're doing isn't great, you know, and they shouldn't be advertising it. They shouldn't be telling their followers, you know, here's this thing that I do. You should go do it too. Um, and, and this is the problem with, like, this is going to sound like a total random link. I'm not just intentionally trying to bring this back to Slimming World, but this is the problem with things like Slimming World and Weight Watchers, etc., where people are given an introductory education. Like with Slimming World, you get eight days of training. The majority of that is spent teaching you how to run a business. You get taught a bit about how to coach other people within the limitations of the Slimming World plan, but everything else, is experience. Everything else is what you think you know. And that's this is where the super disordered advice starts to get thrown around. Like, for example, oh, don't worry about it if you had a big binge yesterday, just have an SP day today. That's binge and restrict behavior, except it's dressed up as a speed food day. Yeah, just have a speed food day today. Go a bit lighter. You had a little bit too much yesterday. Go light today. And it, it gets all, it gets made to sound very pleasant and great. And yeah, you just have a speed food day. That's all you do. You undo your overeating by undereating. It's disordered as fuck. And it doesn't matter who's telling you to do it. If it's a Slimming World consultant, a Weight Watchers leader, or a personal trainer, it's disordered advice and it's disordered food behaviours. So, hopefully, again, Someone someone asked me this question on Instagram said, how do you spot like how do you spot bad advice on social media? And it's there's no like rule of thumb. Um but in this instance, I'll give you one rule of thumb to be able to spot one type of bad advice. If you ever see anyone using the word allowance when it comes to eating, ignore them. Right? We should not Think about the word allowance. What does the word allow allowance mean, right? It's how it's what you're allowed to do. It's how much you're allowed to have. It's how much you're allowing yourself. It's a permissive term. You're giving yourself permission to have this much. I'm only allowed to have 1,400 calories. I'm only allowed to have one biscuit, one chocolate bar, whatever. The very core of a poor relationship with food is, is permissive eating, right? When we're trying to create a good relationship with food, a positive relationship with food, what I am trying to achieve and what any good nutritionist is trying to achieve is unconditional permission to eat. 
which means you will eat whatever you want, whenever you want, as much as you want. And I know I've talked about this in many other episodes. And like I always say, you know, when you first, when you hear that for the first time, you would freak out. No way. I could never do that. I'd be the size of a house if I did that. But it has to be combined with like having good values and having long-term goals and placing your health, placing a high level of value and priority on your health. And like I've said in the past, you know, I have always, always, always eaten whatever I've wanted, whenever I've wanted. In my 20s, what I wanted and when I wanted led me to become the 14 stone version of myself because I didn't care about my health, didn't care about my weight, didn't care about many things. So I ate and drank my way to 14 stone. Once I hit my 30s and became a dad for the first time, got married, became a nutritionist, became a dad for the second time, uh, had more... um, responsibilities, not just with kids and a wife and a family, but also with the hundreds of people that I coach inside the coaching platform as well. So I continued to eat what I want when I wanted. However, my decisions and choices started to change because I did have things that were important to me and I do place value on my health now and I do place importance on my weight and all the rest of it. So I still do the same as I've always done when we break it down to a behavior, I've always eat, uh, always have and always will eat whatever I want, whenever I want. However, the decisions I make have now changed because of what's important to me and how much my relationship with food has improved and having a, a neutral relationship with food, no longer putting things on a pedestal, not using positive and negative labeling, not shaming the things I eat, not calling things healthy or unhealthy, junk, crap, rubbish, shite, whatever else you might call certain foods. Once you remove all of that, then food loses its power over you. You're the one that gains the power over it and your choices start to change. So I know when you hear that for the first time that you should be able to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Sounds scary, but it's achievable for everyone. And when you do achieve it, that's when everything changes. People tend to use permissive terms to try and control their eating and it backfires every single time. In the long term, it backfires. It's the reason that people speak terribly about foods like, I've eaten so much shite this weekend, I've eaten so much junk and then they'll start to call themselves name, I've been so greedy, I've been such a pig. When, When you talk like that, you're trying to paint this terrible picture of the foods that you've eaten. You're trying to paint this terrible picture of yourself. And the goal is you're trying to put yourself off doing what you've done. You're trying to put yourself off eating more of the foods that you've just eaten. You're trying to make them sound awful in an effort to control your behavior because you don't know how else to control it. And this is where these terms come in. Allowances. People give themselves calorie numbers and they only allow themselves to have that much. They treat it as a limit. And what happened, you know, in any walk of life, what happens when someone tells you you can't do something or you can't have any more of something? <laughs> you want to rebel. You want to lash out against it. Nobody likes rules and limitations and only being allowed to do certain things. We fight back against it. So if I'm going to leave you with something, it's this. When you are on social media, if you see 
anyone in a position that seems to be in like a similar position to what I am. And they are talking about um, allowances, food rules, um, only allowing themselves to have certain things, only being allowed to have so many calories. Like even someone asked me at the weekend what I thought of Scottish slimmers. Now, I thought Scottish Slimmers went out the game in 2019. They did go out the game. They went into liquidation in 2019. I didn't realise they were a thing or they were back. So someone asked me about it and I says, well, based on what it was like before, just another disordered eating plan. They took calories, converted them into things called checks. They had their free foods and approved food lists. Again, approval, another word that you should watch out for. You know, you're only allowed to eat from this list of approved foods like Slimming World. Oh yeah, you're only you can eat as much as you want, but you're only allowed to do it with these specific foods. And these foods, these specific foods, you're only allowed once per day. And these foods, etc. These are disordered eating plans. They're giving you permission. They're trying to control your eating with limitations and permission. That's why they lead to disordered and terrible relationships with food. That's why people battle to stay hashtag on plan. Uh, oh yeah, so somebody asked me what I thought of Scottish Slimmers and I was like, right, I'll go Google it. Let's see what they're up to nowadays. The first thing that popped up when I went onto their page, in fact, I'm going to go to it just now so I can get it spot on when I check it. Scottish Slimmers. And then you go to the website and the first thing you see, it says, choose how you lose. And there's a screenshot of their app. If you zoom into that app, what do you see? Flexi check, flexi checks allowance, flexi checks used, flexi checks balance, and then we've got everyday allowance used left. Basically, trying to control your eating with numbers. This is how much you've used. This is how much you've got left to eat. Once this gets to zero, that's it. You're done. You're not allowed to eat anything else. Your allowance is done. Disordered as fuck. How these things are allowed allowed <laughs> to operate, how people can't see through that, how people struggle to realise that trying to manage your eating with rules and allowances doesn't work. Now, if you're completely new to this or a new follower to me, you may think, ah, but you use calories. Don't you do the same thing? God, no. We give people a calorie range with the advice that it is entirely up to them if they want to work to that range or not. So basically, the, the way that we coach is you have come to us and you have said that these are your goals, right? You want to lose a pound a week. You want to learn how to lose weight and maintain it for life. Awesome. We've done the calculations and said, look, you've said you want to lose around a pound a week. Here's a suggestion of where you should choose to aim if you want to achieve that pound a week loss, right? And then it's not about restrictions. It's not about allowances. It's not about only allowing yourself to have a certain amount. It, it then becomes a choice. I'll explain this more, or I have explained this more in an, another episode. It might be 24. Restricting versus choosing. Just search for um, restricting choosing and it'll come up. But it's the difference between like, restricting where you only allow your, yourself to have a certain number of calories versus choosing to work to a range of calories because you want to achieve this outcome. And it's completely different. 
When you do things out of choice, it's a completely different approach. When you do things from a restrictive approach where you're constantly holding yourself back, you want to eat more, you want to eat this, you want to drink that, but you're not allowed because you're restricting yourself, that's a horrible way to do it. The positive way to do it is, here are my goals that I want to achieve, therefore here are the things that I want to do each day because I want to achieve the goal. And it's a much better way to approach things and it's far more likely to lead to success than the restrictive allowance approach. Um, And like I say, that, you know, within a millisecond of being on the Scottish Slimmers page, it's like, yep, disordered eating plan. So, rule of thumb this time, to spot one type of disordered eating or to spot one type of disordered advice on social media, just watch out for people talking about permission, right? Not just the word allowance, but anyone that talks about any form of permission, right? Only being allowed to have a certain number of calories, only allowing yourself to have this, allowing yourself to have that. You are allowed to have whatever you want, whenever you want, as much as you want. The goal is not to try and manage that through numbers and restrictions and certain amounts and, yeah, I will have whatever I want, but I'm only allowed to have one Kit Kat at night. I'm only allowed to have two chocolate biscuits with one cup of tea per day. That's fucking terrible. It should be through choice. And that's the part most people struggle with, right? It's it's understanding what their morals are, their values, their long-term goals, not understanding the value that they place on their health. Like people don't have clearly defined high value goals that they can use in their decision making process. Like think about it like this. You could wake up every single day and drink a bottle of wine. Every day. Every single day. But you don't. Why not? Why not? It's great getting pissed. For most people. Afterwards, not so much. But is is it not great? Is it not fun getting drunk? I loved getting drunk. I've not drank for 13 months and never will again. But I did for a long time. Um, And it was great getting drunk. However, all the shit that came after, not so much. So yes, you could wake up every single day and drink a bottle of wine, but you don't. Why? Because you value your health. You would lose your job. You probably wouldn't be able to pay the bills. Like, There's a list of reasons why not. Um... And it's similar for the way that we eat. Like you could eat a takeaway every single night of the week. Why don't you do it? So it's about finding your line between, you know, where do you have the cutoff of not doing these things? So for example, with alcohol, right? I drank, I did not drink every single day of the week. However, I drank any Sunday, sometimes Saturday that the F1 was on and in the few big drinking occasions throughout the year. So that was my, that was my list of things. I've worked with people who do drink every night of the week. It may be a glass of wine with a dinner. Or I've worked with people who drink um, four or five nights of the week and they are getting a bit tipsy. And everybody has their own way of doing things. Like they, everybody has their own, what's the way to get this across? Their own scale at which they do things. And it's about finding where you're going to put that line. So if if someone wants to lose weight and they're having takeaways five nights a week, they're probably going to have to reduce that. But then how do you reduce that? Well, if that's what you're doing at the moment because it's what you want to do, but it's leading to a negative health outcome, then you need to look at the outcome and say, right, what is it that needs to change here 
for me to avoid this health outcome. Okay, well, playing a part in that might be these five takeaways a night. Okay, we're probably going to have to reduce that. And it's not about restriction again or allowances. It's here is this thing that I am doing. Here is the scale that I am doing it at. Here is the outcome that it's leading to. I don't want that outcome. So I'm going to come back here and change the scale. I no longer want to have five takeaways a week because it's leading to this. I want to have one takeaway per week and that's going to help me drastically improve that thing. So it's always going to be better to come at things from a place of choice, not from permission permission or allowances or anything like that. If you ever see a coach on social media talking about allowances, talking about adjusting the rating to allow for all the unhelpful behaviours that they had before, just politely and quietly hit the unfollow button and don't take. I mean, their exercise advice might be fantastic, but if most people aren't following these kind of people for exercise advice. They want to they want to see diet advice. They want to see what people and that was the other thing. God, she put up a thing saying, who would be interested to see what I eat in the day? And I had to just switch off after that. Because imagine someone with disordered eating showing people what they eat in a day and then the advice that's going to go with that. So hopefully this helps you be a little bit more, a little bit wiser, a little bit more wary, and a little bit more capable to spot disordered and unhelpful what what seems like on the face of it helpful advice oh yeah i'll just adjust this and adjust that it's not in the long term it's going to have a negative impact not a positive one and as healthcare providers which is what i am and people in my industry am are when i did my nutritionist course they gave us basically what like the doctor's number one rule is number one do no harm and that's the rule that i always work to like is this advice i am going to give in any way, shape or form going to be harmful? If yes, then I have to preface it or make sure that people understand the circumstances in which it might apply. If not, then I can, or if it isn't going to be harmful, then I can give it. And I, I go through that in my coaching as well. Like when I'm giving people feedback, I might have to go to great lengths to explain something to make sure it's being taken the right way and applied the right way, whatever. Um, so yeah, hopefully that helps. Um, and you can start spotting unhelpful advice on social media. And that is all we are going to talk about today. Until next time.